Looking forward to the return of Jesus next on Abounding Grace. For those of you that are hopeless, look to Jesus. He's your blessed hope. To those of you that are struggling, look to Jesus. He's your blessed hope. You go, I just don't know if this is ever going to end. It's going to end with the coming of the Lord. It's all going to be culminated. And it's going to change your life. You know, you know, when you look forward to something, you look forward to something. You rearrange your life for it. You, as a family, you might be getting ready for a vacation. Man, you're looking forward to vacation. Some of you have a little app on your phone that counts down the days for you. And you're looking at another day, another day. Now, there's not an app for the coming of the Lord, but look for Him. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You In both Daniel and Revelation, we're told of a coming global leader that will come onto the scene in the last seven years of world history, known as the Antichrist. And we're getting to know him right now on Abounding Grace. Not to frighten you, but rather to encourage you to look for the return of Jesus. Last time you may recall, Pastor Ed Taylor spoke about the appearance of the Antichrist. Well, today we're going to observe his authority and the amazement surrounding him. The world will be marveling at him. And we'll see why in just a moment. Pastor Ed starts off in Revelation chapter 13. In chapter 13, verse 2, the Antichrist is depicted by these animals, a lion, a bear, and a leopard. And Daniel, Daniel received a very interesting vision with similar, similar animals. And as he was thinking about it, Daniel, remember he was given the interpretation. The lion represented Babylon. The bear, the Medo-Persian Empire, and the leopard represented Greece. And then there's the Roman Empire, all summed up in this one man. And what Daniel saw was a succession of world empires. And as he looked at the animals, each world dominator comes on the scene until it culminates. John, he has, in Revelation, has the same vision, but he has it backwards. He has it in reverse because he looks backwards from Revelation, not forward. And as he looks backwards, the horns on the Antichrist's head represent the ten nations that will form an end times confederacy. And we know today, I didn't look it up before I came, but we know there are far more than ten countries in the European uh, Union. But we're also finding that some countries want to get out of the European Union. And some countries are being prevented from coming in. And so how that might be in that realm of Rome and that, that area of the revived Roman Empire, how it's going to come apart, come, to, to come together, whether the ten nations are representative of a confederacy of each horn, we don't know. But wrapped up in this leader are the ingredients of all these ruling empires together. We learn in Daniel chapter 8, jot it down in verse 25, we learn that he will be a master of deception and will become arrogant. And he'll destroy many without warning. He'll even take on the prince of princes in battle. And he'll be broken, though not by human power. And the reality of this description is that the Antichrist will rule, rule and reign upon the whole world, not just a geographical location. A whole world. Every tribe, 
every tongue, every nation, trying to duplicate. Because that's the very same phrase is used to describe worship in heaven. That there's worship in heaven from what? Every tongue, tribe, and nation. And now here we see the Antichrist continuing, empowered by the devil himself, given the authority of the devil. He'll have far-reaching impact on the globe. You know, you can have far-reaching impact on the globe even today. And yet you can have far-reaching impact on the globe in a positive way through your prayer life. You can affect literally the world through your prayers. You don't have to physically be somewhere in order to pray for that area and impact them. Like when we have a missionary here, like we have, and, and they're telling us about the things that are going on in Ireland, while, while they're going to go back physically, you and I get to go with them through prayer. We get to pray for them. We get to pray with them. We, we get to have our hearts in Ireland. We get to be a part of what they're doing with those kids. Like through your prayer life, you can travel around the world and have global impact for good. And it's one of the areas of prayer that we can improve on. You know, we, sometimes we get so caught up in our prayer life that it just sounds like a list of things we want from God. But you know, prayer is a weapon, church. It is a weapon. It is part of your spiritual armor. It's just as important as the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. It's just as powerful as the sword of the Spirit. It's a weapon. And may we go forward, not fearfully, but let's affect the globe. We don't, we don't need to worry about the Antichrist in that sense. We can affect the globe right now through our prayer lives. You look at just the time that we spent. And I, I was praying about who would be here today. You know, you guys listening on the radio, this is going to air who knows when. But we had a, a freak snowstorm of two inches come in. And the significance of that, of course, is it makes the streets all messed up and hard to drive. And so because of that, a lot of people are just not going to want to go out in the cold. And not, a lot of people just aren't want to. But, but I knew there would be people here. And I just got this sense that the people that would show up to the facility, because you can watch online, you can get the same exact thing watching online with hot chocolate, in your jammies, with your slippers on. Like you can, you can, you can do that if you want. And if, you're, if I just described you, how are you? I, we see you. <laughs> but as this airs, I was just thinking, you know, those that will be here tonight need to be here. They want to be here. They want to be, and you heard the title of the message. I just don't, man, I just don't know how learning about the Antichrist is going to encourage me. Well, I want you to know this. Anytime you open the word of God and you allow God to fashion and form you, when you come, you'll be glad that you came. Because you think of all the things that are going on and all oh, the Antichrist and all oh, the great tribulation period, all oh, the difficulties, and they're coming. We can't just put our head in the sand, church. We, we can't just pretend all oh, the master's delayed is coming. That'll affect your life. There'll be a lack of urgency in you. Oh, you know, we've heard this. I remember my grandmother used to tell me this, my great-grandmother. And now, the, you know, my last pastor talked about this pastor talked about. And, and, you know, what's happening in these last days is hardly any pastors are talking about this. They're just kind of lulling the church to sleep. Like, it's going to be fine, you know. Let's just make sure everything's comfortable. I'm going to teach you how to handle your money. Teach you how to be a good parent. Teach you how to drive your car. The Bible teaches you everything. But you need to know that this world is going to come to an end. It is not all there is. That this, this world will be destroyed as it was in the days of Noah. So it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And as we just learned as a church, the days of Noah sound awfully familiar to the days in which we live. Awfully familiar. And so we need to be a prepared people. A readied people. A people that are busy about the Father's business. That are focused on seeking first the kingdom of heaven. 
You go, what's all this business about the Antichrist? I'll tell you what this business is. God put in Daniel 7, Daniel 8, Revelation 6, Revelation 13, really the entirety of the great tribulation period to say, church, church, people, I want you to know. I want you to be warned. I want you to be ready. I want you to be motivated of telling people about the love of Jesus Christ. I want you to help people understand the days in which they live. I want you to care enough that people will not be involved in these last days. Just go ahead this week, please, and read through the book of Revelation. Don't worry about getting a commentary out. Don't worry about listening to any Bible studies. Just read if you haven't recently, because you know we're all on right reading plans, right? I'm in Leviticus right now. And you know, Leviticus is a great book. Leviticus is a book that tells me this. God is very precise and how he desires us to worship him. That we can't just do our own thing and make it up as we go. But as he gave very precise instruction to the children of Israel of how to live a holy, separated life of worship in the midst of all the paganism around them. So, so that's where I'm at. But I read ahead in Revelation because that's where we are here on our midweek. And I was reading. Don't, you don't need a commentary. You don't need to listen to stuff. Just read through it and see what difficult days await those that are alive and are rejecting Jesus Christ at the rapture of the church. It, it is not going to be good for them. And it's not going to be any easier for them to become believers than it is right now. It's going to be more challenging for them. And you read through the God saying in a whole book of the Bible, a whole book of the Bible. We don't have Noah today building an ark for 120 years. We don't have that. There isn't any, like we're not waking up again and our whole lifetime, we got a guy building an ark. Why are you building an ark, man? Well, you know, they can see the guys out there on the news. Why are you building an ark? Judgment's coming. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Judgment's coming. He's been saying that for 120, 19 years. He's been saying that for 119 years. And then while the lady, uh, while the reporter uh, is interviewing him, a big drop of rain hits her head. And another. And another. In a few days, the water from the end, from the from the fountain's end starts sparking up. And as you come to a gathering, you're remembering that all Scripture is profitable. And God is exhorting you to know that He's very precise, even on the end times. And for those that choose not to take the end times seriously, for those that are listening to me right now, I go, you know, you're just another one of those. And I don't even believe in that. I don't believe in the rapture. I don't believe in that. I don't believe... You're... you've got the wrong person to fight with because I do believe in the rapture of the church and I do believe in a premillennial, pre-tribulational rapture and I do believe that Jesus is going to do what he said he's going to do. He's going to come for the church. He's going to return with the church. We're going to rule and reign for a thousand years and it's important like in Noah's day, remember when he was building that ark, why? Because you had to get in. You had to get in. That's the only way to be saved is you had to be in the ark. And today, the ark is not a structure, but the way to be saved today is you've got to get into Jesus. You have to get in. There's no other way. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father. You've got to be in Christ. You go, Ed, what do you mean? How do you be in Christ like you were in an ark? Well, to be in Christ is to acknowledge and repent of your sin. You have to admit that you've sinned. Like, you know you've sinned. You don't need a pastor to tell you that. 
You know you've failed. You know you've made mistakes. You may not think that God you know, exists. You might, you might just kind of dismiss that the Bible is just a bunch of fairy tales. Do you know they were saying the Bible were fairy tales in Peter's day? He said he had to write for us that in the very first century, right after the death and re- like people that saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ were still alive. And what does Peter write? Hey, we haven't followed cunningly devised fables. We're eyewitnesses, Peter says. We saw him. We saw him before he died. We saw him as he died torturously. And we saw him after he rose again. We're eyewitnesses. And you know, while we haven't seen the risen Christ, you are eyewitnesses of the power of God because he transformed your life through his resurrection power. And so we look to the reality of the coming of Jesus Christ because his coming is the blessed hope. For those of you that are hopeless, look to Jesus. He's your blessed hope. To those of you that are struggling, look to Jesus. He's your blessed hope. You go, I just don't know if this is ever going to end. It's going to end with the coming of the Lord. It's all going to be culminated. And it's going to change your life. You know, you know, when you look forward to something, you look forward to something. You rearrange your life for it. You, you know, you, you, as a family, you might be getting ready for a vacation. Man, you're looking forward to vacation. Some of you have a little app on your phone that counts down the days for you. And you're looking at another day, another day. Now, there's not an app for the coming of the Lord, but look for him. Look up. He says, Jesus said in Luke, he said, when you see these things start coming to pass, look up because your redemption draws near. And we fail to look up. We are burdened by the difficulties of life. We're burdened by the global economy. We're worried about viruses. We're worried about how we're going to pay the bills. We're concerned about what's going to happen to our kids. We're burdened with the weights and the cares and concerns of life. And when we look up, we're reminded to cast our cares upon him because he cares for you. We're reminded that Jesus promised. He says, you come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You want rest? You want peace? You want hope? Hope is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. And when we look to him, you get this guy that comes on the scene, the Antichrist. He's vicious and ferocious. And yet people live their lives sold out to the devil. And what does he do for them? What what is there to gain? You're destroying yourself? You're destroying the people that love you? Oh, all in the name of, and even a few believers along the way, like you, you're, you're a, a believer, but you're living like the world. And all what's happening all the while, you're destroying yourself, the people that love you, in the name of freedom, in the name of, hey, this is just the way it is. You get along with the program. The Antichrist is real because the Bible says he's real. And he's given very precise. Let me look, let's look at one more thing. Uh, we looked at his appearance. We looked at his authority. Thirdly, let's look at his amazement. His amazement, verse 3. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at his miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. So he's a master puppet of Satan himself, and he's able to marvel all the world. It says in verse 3, the whole world. And we keep emphasizing this because there are some that teach, some false teachings around that say the Great Tribulation period is just a small part of the world. It's not going to happen globally. Kind of like in the days of Noah. Oh, there's no way God's going to judge the whole world. Maybe a little area. But there's an emphasis here that the impact of the Antichrist and therefore the impact of the Great Tribulation period is global. It's the whole world. So the whole world's marveling at him. 
Why? Because he has this wound. A wound that, as he's being idolized, he's mortally wounded. Or it says in verse 3, his fatal wound. His wounded beyond recovery. And as they're marveling, notice it says, the world marvels at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. So there's an assassination attempt on him. And according to Zechariah, you can cross-reference it, chapter 11, verse 17. It says, What sorrow awaits the worthless shepherd who abandons the flock? The sword will cut his arm and pierce his right eye. His arm will become useless and his right eye completely blind. Many believe that this is a description of the mortal wound that is received by the Antichrist. It'll be in the eye and it'll bring blindness. But this is, verse 3 is a setup. It's all a lie. It's a setup because at just the right time, he, the Antichrist rises up. And doesn't it make sense that the Antichrist would have a false resurrection? Because he's against Christ and he's also in place of Christ. So now he has this deadly wound. He has this, uh, this wound beyond recovery. He has this fatal wound. And it's the same Greek word that's used back in Revelation. Turn back to Revelation chapter 5. Chapter 5. And this is where we're going to end today. And we'll pick up the rest of the chapter next time. Notice Revelation chapter 5 verse 6. Then I saw the lamb. Now those of you that have read ahead, or you can guess, who's the lamb? Yes. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if he had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings among the 24 elders. He had seven horns, seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God he sent into every part of the earth. The word slaughtered in the Greek is the same word that speaks of wounded for the Antichrist. And so there is some disagreement on exactly what happened to the Antichrist. Was it a real uh, death and a reanimation? Because, you know, the devil, he can't give life. He can't give resurrection life. Uh, he doesn't have the power to give life. But the Bible says that the devil comes with lying signs and wonders. He can operate in the spiritual realm and be deceptive through lying signs and wonders. Or in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, it speaks of him as this man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. So they're fake. So the debate is whether they really died and came back to life in some way, or it was a fake, it was a, truly a fatal wound, but he didn't die, and it was a counterfeit that fools the world. You know, you can take whatever position you want, but the reality is, is the devil's involved trying to fake the resurrection, trying to fake out the power that really he has. And it's in that deception that the world continues to grab onto him and looks up to him even more. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is in the book of Daniel, and we're getting to know the Antichrist. Pastor Ed, as you've been talking about the deception that will occur in the Great Tribulation, what are some things our listeners can do to guard against the evil deception that is even in our midst right now? Well, you know, Larry, I, I'm glad that you brought up even in our midst right now, because I'm reminded of John when he writes in 1 John that there are many antichrists already. I know we're, we're really looking 
uh, or not, I'm, I'm not looking, but some people are really interested uh, in the Antichrist and just so concerned by who it is, capital A, Antichrist. But in 1 John 2.18, it says, little children, it's the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist, capital A, is coming, even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So that spirit of the Antichrist, that spirit of deception, uh, the devil being uh, the prince of the power of the air, the god of this age, you know, there's this sense of—on the other side of deception, I think we probably should define a little bit, right, Larry, uh, is believing a lie. Like, you, you are, are being tricked to believe a falsehood. And when you believe the falsehood, you are fully responsible for your own deception. And so when someone lies or tricks you into believing something that isn't true, and you act on that, like we see even in the Garden of Eden, you will be fully responsible for your decisions. So what are some things that we can do? Uh, those of you listening in, those of you part of our Abounding Grace family, I mean, we, we need to know the truth. We need to dwell in the truth. We need to champion the truth. And unfortunately, we live in a culture where it's a soundbite type of culture where not only 140 characters, but now 280 characters on Twitter can influence a, a, a YouTube video. I've been sent so many YouTube videos that I, I finally just said, stop sending me these videos. I don't have time to chase down everyone's opinion and attitude. I've got to master the Word of God, because that is the truth. Jesus came in spirit and in truth. He is the embodiment of truth. I need to know Him. I need to learn to be in abiding relationship with Him. And so the best practice against someone lying or trying to trick us into to believing a lie is to know the truth, and to even take things that we hear and match them with the Word of God. And and again, when somebody's speaking on behalf of God, you want to know them. You want you, just because they put a YouTube video on or handed you a card. I remember this. I, this is a good story, Larry. I remember one time here at the church, somebody came in. It was it was years ago, and the guy actually came in with a trench coat on, uh, and he got all the attention of everybody. It was it was a very kind of a scary moment, but he wanted to talk to me. I ended up meeting him, and he's we're there in the sanctuary here. Uh, and he pulls out a business card and he hands it to me and he says, I am Michael the Archangel, sent by God. And I happened to be in a playful mood that day. And, and I said, oh, really? You're Michael the Archangel, sent by God? Yes. I'm, and it said right there on his card, uh, Michael the Archangel. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, what, I have sent here to destroy the church. And, and after I destroy the church, God wants you and me to rebuild it. And I said, really? Uh, are, so you're an angel. Yes, you're an angel. And, and I happened to notice he didn't have a Bible. And I said, well, where's your Bible? Wouldn't an angel come with the Word of God? Well, I don't, I don't need the Bible. Well, quote me. Quote me the book of John. Wouldn't an angel know the Word? And, wouldn't, and you know, he was, he was getting a little upset with me. And, and then as, as we were dialoguing back and forth, I, I, I even said, you know, take off your jacket. I want to see your wings. <laughs> and, and, and so my point is this. Like, it was very clear that he did not come on behalf of God. He was not an angel. I don't care what it says on his business card. He's not an angel. And so we're to test all things and hold fast to what is good. 
And that's the key against deception. Good stuff there. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. And friend, if you want a replay of this program, just stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com, or you can listen through the Calvary Aurora app. Our featured resource is an excellent book by Max Licato called In the Grip of Grace. You know, we all make mistakes and sin, and it's about that time we so often feel guilty and make a determination to try harder so it doesn't happen again. But there's another path you can take, one that actually works, and it's detailed for you in the grip of grace, God's grace. It's something we need not only to get into the family of God, but to live as we should. Request a copy of In the Grip of Grace when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. You might think of it as our way of saying thank you. You can do that by calling 877-30-GRACE. Again, our toll-free number, 877-30-GRACE. You may not realize this, but we are listener-supported, and each dollar that's sent in is an investment in what God is doing through Abounding Grace. You'll be helping people all across the nation and world become a man or woman that God can use. You can make a donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Don't miss our next study in Daniel. It's going to be a good one. That's right here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora. 